situation was interesting because there were so many moving pieces at the same time that in my state of frustration, I couldn't see the pieces clearly on the chessboard. I was working with several senior leaders and I was a bit fixated on one in particular that I was convinced was my enemy and was blocking me at every turn. And my fixation on that person didn't allow me to see how that was tied into the other senior leaders who had even greater influence in decision-making. Um, decision-making for the initiatives that I had responsibility for. And seeing that enabled me to start to work with some of the other senior leaders who then were able to influence the one that I had been fixated on and they began to change. Um, how they approached me began to change and it was because of the relationships that I was building with others that were around their orbit. Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host, Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self-care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over 10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Why She's Winning. I'm your host, Christy Rutherford, and we are here to talk about how women can get out of their own ways to get the life that they desire. And we're going to get that money too. Today, I have my client, Ashley, on the line. And today, we're going to be talking about office politics and getting the life that you deserve. Welcome, Ashley. Hello. Thank you for having me. So the work that we did together was iconic in my mind. So tell the listeners a little bit about what were some of the challenges that you were having and why you chose to actually do something different. Our relationship started because I was incredibly frustrated. I was frustrated with where I was in my career, the environment that I was in, the walls that I was running into. I was not happy. I was angry. And with every meeting, I could pinpoint and finger point to who was preventing the success, why they were preventing the success, and everyone was in my way. I knew exactly what needed to be done, but was getting roadblocked at every turn. And it got to the point where the person that I had become, I didn't like because I was, you know, my theme at that time, if you all know the color purple, all my life I had to fight. Every morning I wake up, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. I do is fight. And so that is when our road, our, our paths crossed and you were able to help me see that that fight that I was doing all day, every day, I was creating. Oh, yes, that's good. So let's dissect that a little bit because I've been there, done that. And the thing about being one of a few women that look like us in the executive team, fighting becomes normal. And I used to think, man, why do I, why do I have to fight you every day? <laughs> you know, like I, I get out of bed ready to go into battle cat mode. One, how did really fighting affect your quality of life? It affected it greatly because it was it was all consuming. Like I said earlier, I would wake up in the morning and with every encounter I was having, I anticipated how the fight was going to go. 
and how I had to prepare for today's fight. And that took a lot of energy and, and that was draining and I was exhausted at the end of every day. So if you imagine by the time I finally finished work, I'm too tired to do anything else personally. I just need to lay down and just sleep and have some wusa. And so literally my life was consumed with work because there was so much energy that went into preparing for the fight and then actually having the fight and then dissecting the fight afterwards and preparing for tomorrow's. And so it was just all consuming. Oh, yes, that's good stuff. Because how many women are trapped in a battle that we think that we're winning, Ashley, and we're marking score, but we're really losing because we never stop fighting and we expect to fight. And that's a dangerous place to be in because how are we really going to live and be happy when anger is our normal? And I always talk about how people say, if, if you would have called me an angry black woman back in the day, oh, you would have gotten the business because how dare you? <laughs> right. And, and that's so true because at the same time I talk about, you know, I'm preparing every day for tomorrow's fight. I'm also, at least in my mind, I thought at the time I am fighting against being viewed as that angry black woman. Uh -huh. So while I'm actually being that person, I'm trying not to be that person. So I'm convincing myself that I'm not being that person, but I'm actually being that person. Exactly. Which is insanity. And we're going home exhausted. I think when, when it comes to leadership though, and we think that everybody has this magic carpet rod, or I would just say everybody else has this magic carpet rod. We're being harassed by these men and they're going home in peace. No, they're going home in chaos too. Everybody's going through something and we just choose whether or not we're going to engage in the insanity. Tell us about when we started working together, what were some of the things that you acknowledged that was actually really going on? I had to acknowledge that I, in fact, was angry. And so I wasn't successfully pulling off what I thought I was pulling off, which was I'm not mad, but I'm right. <laughs> and I'm going to prove to you that I'm right. Yeah, yeah. That's actually the anger showing up. So I had to, and this was a bit of coming to terms that I came to before you and I engaged because I listened to your story and I identified so much with some of the things that you shared in terms of how you were showing up and how you were feeling. And I felt that that breakdown was coming for me. So it was like, okay, I need to sit back, take the hard look in the mirror and understand what is actually happening here and what do I need to do to change course so that I don't crash and burn? So I think that was the, the first step. And then from there, it was learning the breathing and getting control of myself and my reactions so that I could respond better and respond in a from a more calm space. And that sounds easy, but that was really hard. And you may recall, Christy, when it came to the breathing, I'm like, I don't need to breathe. I know how to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> what are these exercises? I don't need to do this. But that those breathing exercises were everything. Magic. Magic. Complete magic. So let's talk about your, and really it's about self-awareness, Ashley, because when I think about corporate, corporate has a language for limitations. I may write an article on that one day. They have a whole language and training around limitations. And people talk about EQ and emotional intelligence from a clinical psychology standpoint, but people don't know how that really applies in their life. And, and self-awareness isn't a buzzword. Self-awareness is real. Earlier, you talked about finger pointing. 
because you could point out everything that somebody else was doing to you. (laughs) Get in my way and stop my progress. (laughs) For years, everybody was against you and you had to fight every day. And it was them. And I said a couple of weeks ago, if your boss has to change before you get a promotion, then you SHIT out of luck because we're always thinking that one day somebody's going to change and we're doing nothing though. So when you talked about having a hard look in the mirror, can you expand on that a little bit? Like, what does that really mean? Yeah. And so what that meant for me was, like I said, I could point to and tell you who was doing what to get in the way and to obstruct me from getting to the goal that I wanted to get to. That look in the mirror was more about focusing on me instead of focusing on them. And what am I doing and how do I need to change my offense so that I'm not so much focused on them, but more focused on what I'm doing to get to that success? And what do I need to do differently? Because what I'm doing right now is getting met with the roadblocks. So how can I change to maneuver around these obstacles. So let's talk about the look in the mirror because looking in the mirror is not easy. What was the role, I think, or some of the questions in coaching? Because everybody's not going to want to invest in themselves and, and have a coach. I'm, I'm clear on that, although I think that they should. <laughs> but what was the role of coaching for you in really starting to get clear on how you were showing up. And and I would say, you know, maybe what are one or two of the questions that I asked you that gave you the the desire to to really do the deep look at how you were showing up? Yeah, it was questions. um, I'm not going to remember a specific question, but it was questioning along the lines of really seeing and hearing what people were saying to me in their body language, in the words that they use, what they actually said and what they actually meant. And sometimes mm-hmm. that deciphering was in what wasn't said more so than what is said. But because I was you know, so anticipating the negativity, I wasn't fully aware of and seeing what was right in front of me, which in many cases was support and people who wanted to get behind what I was doing. But because of how I was showing up, they weren't in a position to do so. And if I had taken the time to just step back, get out of my own way, listen listen for the cues that were in front of me, I would have realized that sooner and would have had success sooner. That's so good. Because I, I remember it starting with an email and you would read it and and then you would read it again. Because <laughs> we're talking about all the logic. I would be furious. And then I read it again and go, oh, wait a minute. Okay. And then the third time was like, ah, okay. Now I get it. But yeah, it 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 took some practice. And then when we got on the phone, you I would read it and I and I would see something different. It's good because when I think about you were reading to fight. Yes. <laughs> You're reading to to be rejected and to get ready to go into battle cat mode. And you didn't even see that the person was offering you support. You were already mad. I was in the defense as opposed to being on the offense. It made all the difference in the world. So now with that clarity, actually, I want to go back to the breathing before we, before we go down this. I I remember when you talked about how you were being triggered, you stopped to breathe and you're on Zoom calls. (laughs) Tell the listeners about that because I really want you to tell that story. One, because it's hilarious, but it's so good because it just showed what everybody needed in the moment. 
I had been practicing the breathing because like I said, initially it was like, this is silly. I can't do this. But I would, I started to become aware of when that fire, that negative energy and fire, that negative voice was popping up. And when it would pop up in my head, I would actually do the breathing exercise. And so it, it was to one point, well, not even once, but in several meetings, I would just say, okay, hold on a second. I need a minute. And I would literally do the breathing exercise in the meeting. And and in some cases, particularly in meetings that I was leading, I would say, you know what, can we just take a pause and and let's let's just breathe for a moment. And I would make it a group exercise so that I could breathe. And that breathing was about me. And it was about me getting control because I could feel the negativity and the anger creeping up. And I was about to go into that defensive mode. And so literally doing that breathing with people, people began to respond and react to me differently. It's like, oh, okay, she's not angry anymore. <laughs> right. I'm laughing because you sound real pleasant. You're amazing. <laughs> but the fist bones be like this. What you just say to me, boop, like... <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't, oh, I'm getting ready to breathe. Oh, I felt myself getting fizz. You'd be like, wait, what did you just say to me? Boop. Like it, there was a cuss word, you know, and you're in peace now. So I'm not trying to drudge it up, but I, but <laughs> I want to give a, a little bit of color to how it really goes down when people piss us off. Is you are ready to cut somebody and start just cussing. So the negative energy that you feel is when that's getting ready to come up. And you'd be like, you know, I better breathe right now because this is not going to go well. Because you chose, I don't want to be that person anymore. And I don't want that negative energy. Like I said, it was all consuming. And, And what I realized after the first day of really applying the breathing, really applying that step back and and listening and reading for what is there and not for what I expect it to be there. I was not exhausted at the end of that day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I wanted more days like that. So it became a concerted effort. Yeah. I, I just wrote down, peace is a decision. Mm-hmm. Because you talked about earlier wanting to be right. Mm-hmm. But we're fighting to be right, but we have no peace. None. So what's the point in driving a Maserati or a Range Rover or living in a big house with the Gucci belt if we crazy with, with no peace? <laughs> True. You know, it's, it's not always about being right, right? It, you're right. And it's just you. Now what? Yeah, you're, you're not really right. And then I also wrote down peace is a new habit. You touched on that a little bit that when you chose to breathe, that is a decision in a moment of internal chaos. And then you said, I went home and I had energy to actually work out. <laughs> You're not wiped out drinking wine. Right? To actually have pleasant conversations with other people. <laughs> yes. And not complain about. And not complain about all the woes of the day and how these yes. people are just crazy because it was really me that was crazy. <laughs> And this is the thing, Ashley, this is what we do. We fight at work all day and then we get on the phone and talk about it all night. Mm-hmm. That is zero quality of life. I did it. So I know you did it. And now we're free and people can't call me complaining. I don't want to hear that. Tell the listeners about your new state of being. And I think how it's just really changed your quality of life. So now all of the energy that I was putting into preparing for another day of fight I put that energy into really understanding and getting to know the people that I'm working with. 
And when I say people that I'm working with, it's not every single individual, it's the stakeholders, it's the influencers, it's the people that matter that will help to to get the goal accomplished. And really understanding their point of view, kind of how they think, how they operate and building those relationships and alliances so that together we're stronger. Building relationships. There was a study that talked about how 90% of women who were in the executive suite had significant sponsors because you have peace and because you can actually hear people, you can build good relationships. How is that different from when you were angry? How did that stop you from building relationships? I think one of the significant differences were people who wanted to be my sponsors, but didn't feel confident in doing that. So they weren't giving me truth in terms of how I was being perceived, how I was actually showing up, because I think they too were afraid of telling me something I didn't like. And then I might go off on them. (laughs) (laughs) In a politically correct way, right? We have that language of, let me get this right. Let me repeat back what I think I heard you say. And it's like- Ready to cut somebody. (laughs) Exactly. So um, what changed was as I was breathing and no longer using- you know, the code language that everybody knows is code language. People were willing to give me truth. And they, in giving me truth, they were pointing out the difference that they were seeing, which signaled to them that I was ready to handle the truth and then to take action on it. That was the most significant difference. Go one layer deeper on that, right? Because we are pointing the finger, Matt, talking about how everybody's keeping us down. But look, Ashley, there are so many articles to support it. And we can point to the articles that say women aren't, you know, black women aren't being treated fairly. Black women, you know, don't have the the mentors and the sponsors, la, 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 la. But nobody's actually teaching the black woman to look at herself to say, how am I creating this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can go beat the drum all day and say we don't have mentors and sponsors, but nobody's saying, This is one, how you create mentors and sponsors, but two, this is what you're doing if you don't want to be around you. Yeah. If people can give you feedback without you get ready to set it off, or they think you're going to, they're going to catch a case (laughs) because you're taking notes for defense. Copious notes. (laughs) Yeah. Ready to file a complaint. How can they really tell you how you're blocking yourself if they think that if they say it, they don't end up in a suit? So you're just lost in the abyss. Yeah. And I think p- part of finding that that peace, that self-awareness and that that peace for oneself is I was able to have a conversation with these sponsors to say, here's what I'm working on. And here's where I'm feeling like there's significant improvement. And that opened the door for them to say, you know what? I see it too. Woo. And here's a before example and an after example. And here's where I think some further development can help you get to the next level. I had advocacy in a way I didn't have it before. How did that change your relationship with the senior leadership team? Things got better. (laughs) Things definitely got better. Um, I was being pulled into conversations that I had not been pulled in before. Access. Access changed. Mm Mm-hmm access changed. Where I was knocking on doors to get time with senior leaders, they now scheduled recurring time on their calendar. So I no longer had to knock. Invitation. Invitation. Woo. Mm. 
standing time to the point where there, there was one senior leader in particular who said, you know what, I will meet with you every week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know what, I don't need to meet with you every week. <laughs> Let's start with every other week. So that was a very different place than we were before where it was, I had to knock on the door and the senior leader would make time whenever I knocked, but if I didn't knock, I didn't get time. And mm-hmm. so now fast forward a few weeks of this turnaround and I've got an invitation to come up weekly. Relationship. Relationships. Woo! That's good. That's so good. Hey, we need to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Have you been overlooked for promotion repeatedly or think you need another degree to be promoted? If you're working three times as hard as your co-workers and not being paid for it, join Christy for the Why She's Winning live virtual event. At this event, you'll get the keys to how Christy assisted her clients with getting over a million dollars in promotions, raises and bonuses in a pandemic. In most cases, they didn't leave their jobs. They just showed up differently and that was enough. If you're ready to get Christy's secret sauce to success, register at whysheswinning.com. Your life will never be the same for the best. And we're back. What advice do you have for women who suffered the same condition we suffered? Because I did it. What are two things that you have for them? What do you want to say to them? I would say the first thing is start with self. Figure out what's going to, what brings you peace, what's going to give you peace, and how can you show up without the mask? The mask was a standard part of my uniform. Oh, that's good. A standard part of my uniform. Coming out of our sessions, I no longer need the mask because I, I can walk in the confidence of who I am and knowing clearly what it is that I need to be successful and being mm-hmm. able to articulate that in a way that is coming from the offense and not the defense, which makes it receivable by the senior leaders. And they then create the pathways to ensure that the environment is right so that we can thrive together. Oh, that's so good. So they're not against us, Ashley? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I could have swore that they were. (laughs) They're not conspiring to keep us out the room. I mean, are you serious? (laughs) They are not. I love this, which is why I have this podcast, because it's beating this drum in a cone with a conversation that's counter to what we've heard and what we believe. And you said access, invitation, and relationship. Like, they want to be around us. Mm -hmm. They want our insight. They want to have conversations, but we too angry and taking notes for a case. Let's be clear. Nobody wants to be around somebody where you got to walk on thin ice, where if you say one one wrong word and then you see us writing, they'd be like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and to the point where I could have told you, well, on June 14th, <laughs> you, <said>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got you got a, you got a journal. They, you see with that journal, they be like this. Oh, you be like, wait, it's it's December, and you be like, well, look, let me tell you something. On June fifteenth, you said this. They like, oh my god, <laughs> I can laugh at it now. <laughs> oh my god, right. So now they have to be very, very, 
very careful with their words. And and think about it, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, we don't want to be around people where we have to be so afraid. It's like, don't, don't bring them in here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, close the door. Do not invite so-and-so to this meeting because I just want to talk. I just want to relax at work. And I can't if this person's in the room and I know they're taking notes. It's true. And it's such a good example, Christy, because while I'm thinking about it in this moment, yes, I am there taking the copious notes. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm saying, give me truth. Tell me what I need to do different. And they're going, mm-mm. Uh-uh. <laughs> not, uh-uh. Right? Not me. Not today. You said the mask was a standard part of my uniform. And... How many of us are walking around melting in a mask and thinking that the mask is required? That's the thing, Ashley, is that we thought that we had to wear the mask in order to get in the room. Talk to us about that. It's true. Like, I don't even know where to begin in talking about it because it it was such a standard part. Like, you know, we have to actually there was a training, a diversity training that I went through where a instructor said, you know, as people of color, we have been studying white people all of our lives. So we already know them. We know how they think. We know what they're about. And so we show up with that knowledge of how to assimilate. That mask is part of that assimilation. It's not necessary. One of the things that I thought about after I left uh, my career was crazy. (laughs) I was so crazy. Because the game will exhaust you and it'll wear us out. And a lot of women are dying because we're, we're so twisted or we have it all and we're miserable. And when I think about when people say, we get mad when, when white people say, I don't see color when I see you. Well, look, actually they don't because we're pretending to be like them <laughs> to get their approval. So they really don't see color. How can you say, see, we get excited. How can I be mad when you say you don't see me as a sister when I'm acting? like you so you can like me. They don't really see color. You're right. It's true. It's true. And that's where, when I say, when you ask me what the advice was, and I started with, start with yourself. If as people of color, we have been studying white people all our lives and are preparing Mm -hmm. defensively for that, if rather than taking that stance, you can take the stance of this is who I am and this is what I need. And can we just have a conversation about that? And what those elements for success are in order to to bloom. Those are the conversations I'm having now, which is why I don't need the mask. Because now I get to show up as me. I get to help them understand what it is to be me and how that flourishes. And they are there to help it blossom. So let's talk about that a little bit. Because I remember, right, it was March, April, when, you know, we had the racial uprising and everybody's angry and you know, and, and people are now receptive to have these conversations, but we kicking the door in, setting the room on fire, talk about, oh, now you're listening, (laughs) you know? So when you talk about having a conversation, I wrote down, some people want to have the conversation angrily. And then when you're showing up, cause we think, oh, now I'm going to show up. We're so radical and so damn mad. Let me just say it. When you do the work, Ashley, and you become self-aware of how you've created it, you're at peace with yourself. And now you can just take the mask off because you're at peace. Now you can have pleasant and productive conversations where you can actually hear them. Mm -hmm. 
And then they can hear you. Talk to us about that. It goes back to you think your mask is covering the anger and that you're showing up in a way that is not really showing how frustrated and angry you are. But what what I didn't realize is that that mask wasn't covering anything. And as I said before, that's what was preventing them from giving me truth because I wasn't able to come in and articulate in a non-defensive way what I needed, why I needed it, how it was going to be value for, valuable for the company, how it was going to protect the company. Instead, it was more of a, well, this is my title. I said, do this. I don't understand why y'all not stepping in line. <laughs> What's interesting, and if you'll indulge us for another five minutes, we'll greatly appreciate it, is we think that, and I talk to a lot of women, and, I be, and I'm looking at the looks on their faces, and they're like, no, I'm not angry. I'm like, yes, you are. I'm not bitter. Yes, you are. And they say, well, they don't know. Yes, they do know. You're so passive aggressive. I'm not passive aggressive. We don't want any label and we'll get mad and defensive, but we're not hiding. You can't hide rage, even with a pleasant smile. Yeah. Are we really tricking anybody, Ashley? We think we are ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Believe in that. Yeah. Now let's fast forward. Or we talked a little bit about the email and the conversations and then tell us a little bit about your ability and to see the chessboard in the office politics. Yeah. So my situation was interesting because th there were so many moving pieces at the same time that in my state of frustration, I couldn't see the pieces clearly on the chessboard. I was working with several senior leaders and I was a bit fixated on one in particular that I was convinced was my enemy and was blocking me at every turn. And my fixation on that person didn't allow me to see how that was tied into the other senior leaders who had even greater influence in decision-making. Mm -hmm. um, decision-making for the initiatives that I had responsibility for. And seeing that enabled me to start to work with some of the other senior leaders who then were able to influence the one that I had been fixated on and they began to change. Um, how they approached me began to change. And it was because of the relationships that I was building with others that were around their orbit. You know, I tell people I'm a master at office politics. What is your take on that? <laughs> <laughs> you are indeed a master at office politics. <laughs> there was an analogy that you used that I thought was so incredibly appropriate. And it was, you know, learning to become the puppet master. When you yes. see the game, when you can see the entire board of what's happening, you then can orchestrate the puppet master so that you're no longer reacting to what people are doing, but you're feeding them the information that's needed in order to help get the pieces on the board the way you need them to be to win. Woo! I owe you a trophy. I was looking for a puppet master trophy. What would that look like? <laughs> I want the hands with like the strings and a puppet. And so what, one day I'm going to write a book on office politics because the puppet master is the ultimate. Because you're on the board when you first, you had to first learn that there was a chessboard. Mm -hmm. That was one. Learn and acknowledge you're on a chessboard. 
Now, two, let's observe all the pieces on the chessboard and what are they doing and how are they reacting and do they like you? Are they enemies? Are they advocates? Are they neutral? Are these things? So now we have to label everybody and then it's okay. So whenever I want to make this move, who do I now need to go to to be able to create the result that I desire? So then that's another stage. And then is if this person is blocking me, what you just talked about, who do I now need to go to to remove the barrier? Because if I can't influence this person, there are three other people who can. Mm -hmm. And then the puppet master is when a conversation comes up in the room, you fed the information to four different people and they're having the conversation that you created and you're not saying a word. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, those are the meetings before the meetings, the conversations before the conversation, so that when you get to the conversation, you really don't even have to speak because they're having the conversation for you. How does that feel? There isn't a word for it. It's it's amazing. It it is absolutely and utterly amazing. It feels, um, there's no word for it. It's like an out-of-body experience to go, wow, okay, that's a good use of my time and energy to have those conversations before the meeting so that by the time you get to the conversation in the meeting, you barely have to speak. You wrote the script. So you're just watching the script play out. Exactly. Whereas before, the time and energy of orchestrating that conversation and how it needs to go and what I need to present I'm no longer presenting. I'm literally having, I'm orchestrating a conversation of which I don't have to lead it, meaning have the majority of the real estate of airtime. I can tee up the question and the conversation happens at the right point, interject the right question directed to the right person or make the statement and know that others are going to jump in and chime in to push that train. And Um, advocate to get the result that you want. Exactly. Hmm. And look, we only worked together for about four months. It's true. true. And I always tell people, Ashley, look, ladies, you have everything. Y'all just start working it properly. Yeah. I think the other thing too, Christy, that's important is I have said a lot and I hear a lot from people about taking credit for, for each other's work or I'm not getting credit for my work. Being able to to orchestrate at, at this level to get to the end result really puts you, it elevates the thinking to a place of which is more important, exactly. getting the result and having the result of the win as a check under your name or having the credit along the way. And when I talk about orchestrating those conversations, it doesn't have to be my ass. I want other people to feel like it was their idea because when mm-hmm. it's their idea, the light turns green. Uh But ultimately, when the light turns green and we go, it's on my watch. So I'm going to get the credit because it's on my watch. (laughs) So they may be noted as, oh, it was their idea. I know it wasn't their idea. They know it wasn't their idea. But that's a part of building relationships as a leader, because now they feel good because other people in the room acknowledge them. You don't have to always say it was me. It was me. It was me. Why can't you share the win? And you all win. Exactly. I'm so proud of you. That was okay. Before we wrap it up, I just want to talk about your end goal. If you're willing to share, you got a new role. Amazing. Because 
that's what happens. We're not chasing the money. But then let's talk about the love list. Are you willing to talk about the love list? (laughs) The love list. So let me say that, (laughs) no, I was not willing to talk about the love list. And so uh, listeners, Christy is amazing. Um, (laughs) When I went to Christy, it was very specifically about my professional work situation and the anger that I was feeling and just helping me prevent myself from crashing into the wall and having an all out burnout. Early in the sessions, Christy says, okay, well, let's talk holistically about your life. How's your love life? And my immediate thought was, that is not what I hired you for. We are not going to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It is irrelevant to what we are here to talk about. (laughs) You sound bitter. That was me. Well, you sound bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I know my life. I'm good there. No complaints. (laughs) But Christy insisted that I make this love list. So I listened and she talked about the love list and what needed to be on it. And so the we met again and she said, hey, so how's the love list going? I'm like, yeah, I didn't get to it. I had no intention on doing that love list. <laughs> but eventually I did the list because Christy would not let it go. Nope. And she explained holistically how you can't have one area of your life on track and good without all of them working in sync together. Mm. So I pacified her and did this list. (laughs) (laughs) And I did the list and then she came back and said, my list was not good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly I had not done the work. I just wrote some things (laughs) and she called me out on it. So I had to go back and actually do the work (laughs) the list. And Without going into all the nitty gritty details, what I can tell you is after doing the list, what, maybe four months later, I was actually engaged. Mm. Yes. And it was the list. I can say it was the list because I was not, engagement was not on my path. <laughs> nope. Let's wrap it up, Ashley. I mean, for me, one, I'm super proud of you. Uh, two, I didn't know that all of this has happened until, you know, I shot you a text like this. What you doing? <laughs> No, because for me, what I really want women to understand is people tell us that we can't have it all. And people tell senior women that we can't have it all. And we want the job so bad and we're fighting so much that how can you have a personal life when you're engrossed in work? And my goal for you was for you to have the complete life. As we're wrapping it up, what does success mean to you today? Success, it, it's it's peace. It's peace and it's knowing. It's having the clarity of knowing what it is that you want in every aspect of your life. And then having the focus to place your positive energy in achieving that. And achieving it from a place of offense and not a place of defense. That's happiness. And would you have... You know, when we first started working together, would you have imagined before we came to the, the, the end of this year that your life would be what it is right now? No, I had envisioned of getting to a better, more peaceful place, which is why I engaged with you. But again, I went into it looking at one slice of my life and mm-hmm. get this one slice right and the rest will fall into place. And what I got out of it was 
yes, that one slice is important, but these other slices are equally important. And so the same effort and energy you put into that one slice, you need to put into the other slices so that at the end of the day, you've got that whole balance and that complete piece as opposed to just a sliver of it. Yes. Ashley, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Thank you for the information that you shared. I know for sure that it's going to touch women around the world. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now. All one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.